welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus, as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business. Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Tom Vergus. For the listener, you will notice that we have a different format. Uh, today, for the last two years, our format has been very much short, sharp and pithy, five to seven minute episodes, whereas we are now making a different style. And I'd like to introduce uh, a guest who's going to be joining me on my podcast. And his name is Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Jürgen, welcome. Thank you, Tom. And I'm pleased to be here and talking to you out there in podcast land. And you're probably wondering... Why we are changing the format. Yes, why indeed. Why indeed. So the reason is for the last two years, we've had had feedback from many a listener who have said to us, really enjoy the topics and we'd like to know more. So, of course, when you're doing short, pithy podcasts, it's very difficult to do more depth. So we thought we would try this in a different format to see if we can, in fact, get into some of the topics a little bit more. So really interested in your feedback, dear listener, on how you find this. That's right. And I'll be representing you in terms of asking the difficult questions, so to speak. Okay. So if you have some questions you'd like me to ask in future episodes, please let us know. That sounds good. All right, so shall we kick off then? Let's kick off, indeed. What's the first question you'd like to ask? Oh, the first question I'd like to ask is, what is it about global leadership? That requires CQ. Yeah, that requires (laughs) CQ, exactly. Okay, that sounds like a good place to start. So, in fact, before we look at global leadership, we should just look at leadership, Leadership. (laughs) right? So... There are, in fact, more than 350 different definitions of leadership in the literature. Okay? That's a lot, isn't it? 350. Indeed. And all of them have a couple of things in common. They have, all the definitions have, obviously, a leader. They have leader uh, followers, and they have the environment. So leadership is really around the link between the leader, the followers, and the environment. Among all the different definitions, I do like the one that is in fact put out by House, and they defined it as leadership being the ability to influence, motivate, and enable others to contribute to the effectiveness and success of the organization. So that's leadership. Global leadership, therefore, is in fact the ability to influence, motivate, and enable others who are from a different cultural background to that of the leader to contribute to the success of the organization. Mm. And I like the influence, motivate, and enable, because I think that already introduces an element of empathy and and that leads into the cultural awareness part, doesn't it? Indeed. Indeed, because, you know, we can't just from a distance tell people what to do when you are many miles away. So as a global leader, in fact, there are a numerous number of skills that you need to be able to 
bring into play to help you be more successful. So let me give you an example of that, Jürgen. One of my very first clients I coached many, many years ago was a young man who was being promoted. He worked for a FMCG, Fast Manufacturing uh, goods, uh, goods Company, and he was in India. He was very bright, identified as a high potential, and they were moving him from the role in India to an Asia-Pacific role, where he was now being responsible for eight countries. Mm. He came from finance, and I had my first meeting with him, in fact, in Mumbai, in a hotel, and trying to assess how we work together, and he set about trying to explain to me his big plan that he had for the role and at the end of it he turned around to me and said so is that all clear does it make sense (laughs) and I said no (laughs) and he looked at me completely astounded and said what do you mean don't you understand what I just told you I said no I don't this is not my domain the area that you explain I have no expertise on it and I said it just wasn't clear Hmm. and instead of trying to think about you have a certain way of presenting it, perhaps another way of thinking about it is how could you have explained it in such a way so that it made sense to me, the novice. And in the same way, when you are talking to people in different cultures within the Asia-Pacific region in your own domain, in your your, your new territory, you need to be thinking about How do I, in fact, language things in such a way so that the other understands? That's right. And I've had similar experiences to that, but I've seen examples where the person who's having the vision or the strategy explained to them says, yes, I understand, but they don't. So at least you said, no, I don't understand. That's right, yes. Yeah, because you're right. So is that a big issue? It is a big issue Mm. in many parts of the world. It would be really difficult to say, no, I don't understand, to the uh, manager. So that's an example of what happens when we become a global leader because our domain changes. Mm. You know, from being in a one single domestic focus, you suddenly become focused on multi-countries. And it may be initially just a region. And as you move up the corporate ladder, if we're talking about multinationals, of course, you know, your span increases. And if the reason why we need to be even thinking more about this is fundamentally for organizations who are expanding. Traditionally, it used to be a domestic firm, and then you became an international, then you became a multinational, but that's not the case today, right? Today, anybody who starts a business is global. That's right, yeah. Just turn on the computer, connect to the internet. And there you go. Mm. You know, the world is your marketplace as such. Mm. So really, if you think about the aspects of globalization, it has flattened the world. We have now a, a virtual workforce, so a lot of organizations now outsource their work to people from around the world. So as a person in a team, you may be working with people actually you don't meet, have never met, work in a different time zone, speak a different language. And the third thing is now you work in matrix organizations where you have hardline reporting structure and a dotted line reporting structures, which in itself creates certain challenges. As a global leader, those are some of the things I think you need to be conscious about. Hmm. It's interesting because 
both of those things open up quite a lot of opportunities, don't they? It gives you much broader reach in terms of accessing talent and also the, the matrix organizations give a lot of ability for an organization to get input from different people and different expertise. But it, as you say, it does throw up challenges. So what are some of those challenges then? Oh, I think a key challenge that, that gets thrown up in lots of global organizations is actually fundamentally communication. Mm. Right? That whole aspect of what is the lingua franca that we're going to use and how do we ensure that even though it's English, because English tends to be the main language for most multinationals, English in itself has different variations, right? So we have the American style of English, yeah. we have the English style of English, we have the Australian sense yeah. of English, we have the Malaysian type of English, mm. we have the Indian type of English. So many different variables on it. So communication tends to be a big key issue in helping organizations come together. Hmm. There's a lot of funny stories I could tell about language and communication in English. And you mentioned Australian and American and uh, British English. And then, of course, my background's German. So I've got uh, the people who speak English in German cultures that tend to take things very literally. And there's lots of differences there. But it's more than just language, isn't it? Is, isn't there a lot around understanding people's motivations in different cultures? Of course. You know, so when we talk about leadership, there is a thing that's called culturally implicit leadership theory, which in fact talks about the fact that, you know, we make an assumption that leadership is the same globally when it's not. So what may look like a really effective leader in one cultural background may not be effective in another. So somebody who's a great leader in Australia, for instance, if we pluck her out and put her into running a team, say, in Brazil. If she ran the same style of being a leader here as she did there, I would question how effective she would be. Just as my example of that person I talked about who moved from India to Asia Pac, hmm. he had to really adjust his style. He worked really hard, put a lot of effort into actually learning the softer skills. So it wasn't the hard skills of finance, which he was extremely good at. It was, in fact, the softer skills of influencing, motivating, enabling his teams to get the work done. There's the emotional intelligence side of that, which is very much the soft skills aspect. So where does cultural intelligence come into that? How does that fit with emotional intelligence? Great question. But I like to think of the framework as being, let's take it for a given that as a leader, you need to have high IQ, right? That's a given. You need mm. to be intelligent, right? Because, you know, there's lots of demands yeah. in terms of you what you need. You need to know your stuff. You, you need, need to, to know your stuff, right? Good at finance. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Tick. What else do you need? You need to have what I call high managerial intelligence, which is the ability to be planning, budgeting, resourcing. So it's actually managing the business, managing whatever an operation is. You need to be good at that. Mm. Daniel Goldman brought up that great aspect around emotional intelligence in the 90s, which is that ability to have empathy with people. All critical. When you become a global leader, when you're working across borders with people of different cultures, you need that aspect of cultural intelligence, which is defined as the 
ability to be effective in culturally diverse settings. So that becomes another component for global leaders, mm. CQ. Yeah, that's fascinating. So what can we look forward to in future episodes as we delve more into this whole question of cultural intelligence? Well, I think we can look further into what is uh, what does culture look like and why is that important? Why do we, in fact, need to spend more time thinking about this? We're going to go deeper into some of the aspects of cultural intelligence. And then we're going to be talking about how do we, in fact, look at using these skill sets, this information, to help us become more effective. So the story I gave you about that individual who moved into Asia-Pacific, he was a very driven, ambitious uh, young man, and he wanted to be a global leader, and we mapped out what are some of the things he needed to do. He, in fact, did an excellent job in Asia-Pacific that after two years he was promoted to Europe, Mm. And he became a team leader in Europe, ran an operation there, and then got promoted from there to run an operation in the U.S. And eventually became a global leader where he had responsibility for a team all over the world. So that's an example of somebody who put a lot of work in, put a lot of sweat in, put a lot of effort in, on his, and built on his natural abilities to become a global leader and a, a terrific man who has made a significant impact for his organization. He's now moved to, to two different organizations, has had significant impact on both those organizations. Mm. And on the world as a whole, I yeah. imagine. Yes. Yeah. So well, it really is important to, if you want to make a difference in the world, that you really understand this aspect of cultural intelligence. That's right. In mm. that, in his aspect of that role, as, yeah, a, as yeah. a business leader, mm. you know, it may not be important. You may make a difference in the world in other ways as mm. well. But in this aspect, uh, definitely for him, he needed to do that. What would you like the listener to take away today? Well, I think if you think about it as a review, what have we talked about today? We've really talked about why the change in the series. Mm. We've talked about the impact of globalization, and we've talked about the fact that CQ is something that needs to be uh, learned if you want to be a successful global leader. So my takeaway point or my reflection point would be for the listener to do a quick self-assessment. When you look at IQ, if you look at a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being low, 10 being high, where would you put yourself? Mm. On managerial intelligence, which is your ability to obviously manage things, scale of 1 to 10, where would you put yourself? On EQ, emotional intelligence, where would you put yourself? And finally, on CQ, where would you put yourself? And then perhaps think about how can you improve? If you put yourself on a 5 or a 6, what would you need to do to move from a 6 to a 7? What is a small thing that you could do in each one of those aspects to help you be a more effective leader? Wonderful. Well, I'll have to give some thought to that myself. And of course, in answer to that last question, I'm in the right place to improve my skills and learn more. Terrific. See you next week. I look forward to it. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.